All right, let's do the thing. Sneaky starts week four. Week four is finally here. This is my favorite week of fantasy football. Week four? Tell me why. Week four. Um, because week Tell one, two, three why. are just, they're, you're, they're awful. You can't predict anything. And week five and up, um, you're burnt out. You don't care anymore. Week four is a sweet spot where you still care. There we go. But you can, you know. I like the I like the analysis. Uh, <laughs> what do you think about starting Josh Gordon from oh, week five on? Man, I think uh, I think he's a must start. I think you put him in your lineup. Uh, you do the the rarely used perma lock, where the player can never be taken out of the lineup. Uh, it's not really known about, but if you like email support for your fantasy side, they'll let you perma lock him in. Perma lock Josh Gordon in uh, into your flex, rest especially. Of the yeah. What are re- your rest of the season? Rest of the season numbers for Josh Gordon. Hit Josh me up. Josh Gordon. Well, I got to think, you know, um, 400 catches probably. I think that's a little conservative. But, you know, we'll see. You know, he's, yeah. he's coming in week five, so we'll say 400. Um, probably what? You think like 4,000 yards, you know? That seems like 400 catches, 4,000 yards. I think that I like that math. Um, and then, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of, uh, you know, 32 touchdowns probably. I was thinking more like 35, but 35. All right, yeah, if you want to be okay. aggressive, we can say 35 touchdowns. And then you know, I all, guess the, all the rushing the offense, stats. Yeah. Eh. Oh, Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon. The good news with the Josh Gordon is you probably drafted him late enough. I hope you drafted him late enough where this isn't like a huge blow to your fantasy team. Yeah. But if you haven't heard the news, Josh Gordon is not coming back. He basically put himself into rehab. He's going the old Johnny football route here. Yeah. Uh, Cleveland, my goodness, they just have not been able to catch a break. I think it's they really just need to cut ties with Josh Gordon at this point. They probably will. I think they will. This will be the last straw. They they were holding on to a certain amount of hope that this mm-hmm. would be the year that he cleaned up his act, but not going to happen. So you're a Josh Gordon owner. How do you feel right now? <laughs> um, well, I took him in the 10th round, so I'm not that upset. Um because, you know, he didn't really mean that much to my team. Um, it's mostly a bummer because I was planning to trade him next week, basically right before he came back. Like, Josh Gordon's coming back. Tons of targets, blah, blah, blah. And then just, like, flip him before he maybe has a bad year. Um, so it's sad to lose that trade piece, but, you know, it doesn't really affect my team. Uh, the thing I'm mostly wonder, trying to figure out what to do is, uh, is he, like, 100% droppable? Is it just, like, cut ties, he's done? Because rehab's vague. We don't know how long he's in rehab. You know, maybe he's back out in, like, a month or two. I don't know. And, like, the Browns probably cut ties. What if another team picks him up? What if a better team picks him up? What if six weeks from now, Josh Gordon decides he wants to play again, and someone like, what's, like, a, like, the, like the Panthers or someone have picked him up? I don't know why I picked the Panthers. Just, like, a good offense picks him up. Yeah. You know, like, there's, okay. there's potentially value there. So I'm trying to decide if, if he's just like, nope, straight up droppable. But like, there's a small chance that happens. It's really small. Like, I wouldn't count on it. But, you know, it's... <laughs> You're going to take the chance with the bench spot to hold Josh Gordon just in case he comes back case. for, what, like the last three weeks of the season? I, I mean, my the way I've come down on it is I'm only going to drop him if there is, like, a must-add player out there or someone I desperately need, not just to drop him because, well, I'm going to free up the bench spot. Like, I might as well leave him there if I'm not using it. Um, like, I'm not going to go out so I can replace him with, like, who's, like, a really mediocre wide receiver, like Terrence Williams or, like, uh... Didn't you just pick Terrence Williams up? Well, yeah, but I didn't drop Josh Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> um, or, like, you know, uh, 
I can't even think of these wide receivers because I never use them. Kenny Stills. Kenny Stills. Yeah, even though he had a nice game, <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't drop him to go just to go pick up Kenny Stills for no reason. Um, He's droppable. I'd drop him right now. Would you? You're just like getting willing to take I'd a drop chance him right now. Yeah, I mean, you might as well take a chance on somebody else who might produce. Like Brian Quick. Brian Quick. I mean, Greg Salas. <laughs> Brian Quick. Uh, Kenny Britt. Uh, he's probably droppable. Yeah, you're right. Maybe, maybe what you should really be doing is trying to trade him for like one of our like dirt cheap buy lows, and just hoping someone like is willing to stash him on like basically what I just spun. That maybe he comes back at some point. Maybe that's the move. Yeah, I mean, you could try, but I think yeah. right now you're just cutting ties with Josh Gordon. I mean, probably. Yeah. Oh yes. Uh, any other news we should discuss? Oh, Marvin Jones popped up on the injury report. Uh oh. Before the we wide get to receiver our one. Yeah, the wide receiver one, Marvin Jones, pulled up with a hammy. So pulled keep up. an eye on that. Friday practice hasn't happened yet, so that will be the tell. Uh, so we might talk about Golden Tate. I might throw him out there. Mm. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. Spoiler. Any other injury news? Jamal Charles still limited today yeah. in practice. May or may not play. Nothing's changed there. Really comes Michael down to the Friday Floyd practice. cleared to play, so... I Nothing mean, else really. Not, I mean, there. we don't really have any clarity on the Decker injury. Yeah. And we aren't even really sure that Marshall's at full health yet. Um, so that's a little bit worrisome for them. You might hear us mention a different Jets wide receiver as a result during sneaky starts. A little teaser, a little <gasps> preview. Who's yeah. it going to be? Oh, you'll see. <laughs> not Jalen right. Marshall. Is that his name? He's hurt, too. So Yeah, he hurt. <laughs> yeah, they're 0 for 2 with the Marshalls right yeah, now. Both the Marshalls now. are hurt. That's... What are the odds? You think you double down on Marshall, you're going to have at least one. And it doesn't look like it's going to work. It doesn't look way. like it. Uh, let's go ahead and get into our sneaky starts. Sneaky starts. Um, sneaky starts, week four. Week Do you want to start with the quarterback position? Uh, streamers? I, I think I want to quickly streamers. take like okay. a, a little victory lap for some of the picks we did last okay. week. Um, you know, maybe, maybe you're new here. Maybe it's your first time watching sneaky starts. Um, and so maybe you're like, probably. why do I care about these two guys? It probably is. Probably your first and your last. Probably already turned it off. Um, but, you know, some of the – we named quite a few guys last week. Um, and from a pure percentage-wise, we didn't hit on most of them. But we hit really big yeah, on a few real. of them. Um, like Ryan Tannehill turned out well, but he was really popular. Like some of the unpopular guys that we called out were like Dak, um, who had 23.5 yeah. fantasy points. Dak was very successful. Solid, yeah. Um, like, C. Mike and Sims both had good games, and we called them out, but I feel like you were probably starting them. Um, yep. Sterling Shepard is someone you might not have started, and he ended up with 13 points. Uh, Devonta Parker with 11. Yeah, he's yeah. respectable. Uh, the real, like, I guess poster boy sneaky starts week three was Terrell Pryor, who we threw Woo. out as, like, a if-you're-desperate play. And it worked out swimmingly, 23.9 fantasy points. Um, yeah, Mr. Swiss Army Knife doing yeah. everything over there. I didn't see anyone throwing him out. In fact, when uh, when Coleman got hurt, I didn't see anyone on Twitter even mentioning that you should pick up Pryor. Pryor was, like, completely ignored until after he blew up. And then it was like, a, oh, man, he's a number one waiver claim now. And Whereas last week we were like, nah, pick him up and start him right away. So that's what you're getting with Bench Dash. Some unnecessarily bold, probably bad takes that work out. <laughs> Uh, that's a nice little tagline for bench dash. Yeah. You know, 5% of the time we'll hit, but when we hit, mm, we hit hard. We hit big. Hit big. We hit, we hit hard. <laughs> we hit 60% hard. of the time, it works every time. Yeah. 
Science. Um, yeah, it's getting into the week four sneaky starts now. Yeah, uh, so uh, you mentioned Dak. Let's just start with the quarterback start streamers with, yeah. and dreamers. Uh, let's go with Dak again. Dak again. Why not? Um, he showed last week he can exploit a very plus matchup. Uh, he has that again with the 49ers. Unfortunately, he's on the road, which you usually don't like in your streaming quarterback selections. But it's San Francisco who have yes. looked awful to everyone that uh, isn't named Case Keenum. Uh, I <laughs> like seeing as we get further into the season and we see quarterbacks just like shred this defense. I don't understand how Case Keenum couldn't move the ball at all. Like, I don't. Are they are they any better than the Tampa Bay defense? Yeah, Probably I not. I, yeah, maybe just some. A weird anomaly because they've looked awful otherwise, and Dak is Dak is much better than Case Keenum. Um, this offense, his supporting cast is better, which helps. Um, so it's a very good spot for him. Maybe he'll be a little more popular after last week's good game. But yeah, I like I like Dak. Dak Prescott. How about the quarterback that's going up against the defense you just mentioned? The defense that gave up 24 points to Case Keenum. That would be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers ah. who have been getting shredded left and right. They yeah. have Denver this week and Trev the Bev. Trev Touchdown the Bev Trevor. Simeon. Uh, yeah, I like that one a lot, um, especially because we just saw him shred a defense. Um, the Bengals yeah. defense, which isn't like, it's not a great defense, but it's better than Tampa Bay's, which is sort of the the hope there. So, oh, We saw them come dominate a putrid Miami. I, that just shows how truly awful tonight. that offense is. Just truly, yeah. truly putrid. But they Tam- got bullied by Cincinnati tonight. What was the Roto World blurb? Tannehill oh. was, what was it? Dispiritingly awful. Dispiritingly awful. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they just go all in on hating on the players they hate, and apparently Ryan Tannehill is one of them. Yeah, apparently. So yeah, Trevor Simeon. Uh, last week, after Emmanuel Sanders came out and kind of. Played the whole squeaky wheel role, the Denver offense. You know, he came out and he said, okay, we got to get the passing game going. You need to throw the ball to me. You need to throw the ball to DT. Well, they listened. Yeah. Sanders had two touchdowns. DT, DT had a long touchdown. Uh, he threw four touchdowns in that game against Cincy. Uh, had a huge week. Uh, definitely looked like a legit quarterback. There were concerns about Denver's passing game for the first couple of weeks. Yeah. Now's the chance we get to see if they're legit because they're going against a terrible, terrible, terrible defense in Tampa Bay. And I think uh, with the weapons they have, they should be able to exploit the Tampa defense. Uh, So I'm looking for Trevor Simeon to have a nice streaming game. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, They're 29th against the quarterback Tampa Bay is uh and there mm-hmm. there's a term funnel defense that kind of gets thrown around a lot and it's you know a defense that's really good against the run but awful against the pass um that's definitely Tampa Bay and not only are that but they have a really bad pass rush too the, the only thing they're good at is stopping the run um which is exactly what you want for a streaming quarterback because then they're gonna they're gonna have to throw it a little bit more against what is just an awful secondary so I yep. think I don't think he's going to throw four touchdowns again. Maybe he will, but I wouldn't bet on that. But he should be like, I think I think the floor is actually pretty safe at this point with Trevor Simeon. Yeah, I would agree there. And he's probably somebody who is free. I mean, if you need quarterback help, maybe you're an Aaron Rodgers owner mm-hmm. who's on bye. Yeah. Uh, you're really looking for that, that home run play. Uh, these are the guys you want to look at, Dak, Trevor Simeon. Uh, here's a little bit more of a controversial one. Uh, Brian okay. Hoyer. Mm. going against the Detroit <laughs> Lions. 
The Detroit Lions of Detroit. I like that one. Um, Cause it probably doesn't feel good to put Brian <laughs> no. Hoyer in your lineup. You're not feeling great about this, but if you think about the potential game script playing against Detroit, uh, the way he looked in garbage time last week, he always kind of just chucking the ball down the field. Uh, there's potential there for a passable game from Brian Hoyer, you know, 20 yeah. point game. Oh, yeah, I think so. Um, he's at home, which you want, against Detroit, which have been the friendliest defense to the quarterback, 32nd so far. Uh, on the year. So yeah, the, and you know, Hoyer isn't as awful as he gets branded. He kind of, he flamed out last year in the playoffs. Um, that one game. Yeah. Kind of made him, it's kind of burned in everyone's head is, Oh, Brian Hoyer is awful. And he's not, he's not totally awful. He can, he can move an offense good enough. He got them. He didn't really get them to the playoffs, but he, he managed the game well enough for them to do that. And he's, you know, been able to support fantasy studs and, you know, Josh Gordon back in the day and Deandre Hopkins last year. Um, so Hoyer is serviceable, and then what is such a just friendly matchup? Um, his floor is scary. His floor is very scary, but you know the yeah. the ceiling, I guess, is there just because it's such a such a bad secondary he's up against. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I think most people would consider Detroit the favorite here. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if they're going to run away with the game. I think it will actually be quite competitive, mm. but I still think Hoyer can put up a decent stat line for you as a last second streamer so i mean i would start dak over hoyer i'd start simeon over hoyer but if you're in the situation where both of those guys have been taken already uh then hoyer is not the worst third option Mm -hmm. (laughs) and uh the last guy on our list sunday night yeah that'd be alex smith uh i guess this Mm. is like a safer floor play um yeah it's he's he's on the road which again we don't love too much but it's against pittsburgh who are Another one of these funnel-esque defenses, good run defense. Uh, secondary hasn't looked that great. Um, so it's it's possible that they fall behind pretty quickly, and Smith has to throw a lot to play catch-up. Um, and he's he's probably the safest of this group, um, just because yeah. he's, he's the least likely to do something really stupid and turn it over. But I'd be surprised if he threw for more than 202 touchdowns. It's probably, like, really what you're hoping for when you start him. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean... We mentioned this earlier off air, but game script kind of favors Alex Smith here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pittsburgh, they put up a, a dud against their interstate rivals, the uh, Philadelphia Eagles last yeah. week. You know they're going to come out and they're going to want to redeem themselves yeah. at home in prime time. They just, they're just they getting Lev Bell back. Mm. Uh, you would think that their offense will put up numbers. Not that Kansas City has a bad defense. Kansas City actually has a a very respectable defense. We saw them pick up eight turnovers last week against uh, New York. Mm -hmm. But I still see Pittsburgh taking this game. I still see a situation where Kansas City is probably, like you just said, they're playing ketchup, not mustard. So (laughs) Playing ketchup, not mustard? (laughs) Wow, that's all right. Yeah, Yeah, uh, I am actually. I'm really proud of that. So that's really all there is to say about Alex Smith. He does he has a the floor that you want. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you just need points from your quarterback, put Alex Smith in. You know, he does have weapons. He has Kelsey, he has Macklin. There are some threats that he can use to spread mm-hmm. the ball around a little bit. Um maybe Jamal Charles, probably not, but maybe Probably not. You never know. Jamal Charles at this point. Yeah, we'll we'll see what happens with Jamal and if he does play, you never know what happens with snap counts. You know, those are always – I feel like every player is on a snap count, and then that goes out the window if they look good. Um, yeah. So, but, Life you know. is like Jamal Charles. You never know what you're going to get. That's, like, that's painfully true. 
Um, uh, yeah. Um, I would, I'd probably rank these guys Dak, uh, Alex Smith, I think second, just because he's a little bit safer. Simeon third. The reason Simeon after Smith is because there's a version of this game where the Denver defense is so dominant that um, they don't need the offense, doesn't really have to score anything. And then you don't really get much out of Simeon. Um, and then Brian Hoyer last is like if you're yeah. a desperation play. Yeah, I like it. Uh, let's move on to the wide receivers. Uh, it's a pretty hefty list here, so we'll run over our guys mm-hmm. fairly quickly. I'm going to start by saying Will Fuller the fifth. I like it. As, as he just, I think he just got the V added to his name yeah. in uh, most leagues. So Will Fuller the fifth this week against Tennessee, uh, who has a decent run defense. Again, we've been hammering this point home. But their pass defense hasn't been that great. They have Parrish Cox on their team, who has been one of is graded out as being one of the worst cornerbacks this season. Mm-hmm. Now he might go up against DeAndre Hopkins, so kind of pay attention to this. I mean, it it depends. They have McCordy on the other side, so depending how they line up against the wide receivers that Houston will be able to throw out, maybe Fuller gets. Uh, McCordy, but he also might get Cox. Either way, I think it's it's a plus matchup for both of them. Yeah. They're at home. Uh, Osweiler has been a lot better, and we've seen Fuller have a couple of big games at home. He's actually fifth in the league in uh, average depth of target, so he is a deep threat, yeah. and he has been getting open down the field. So it's very possible that he has a couple of these long 40, 50 yard receptions and that makes your start right there. And if he scores on one of them, then you're, woo, woo, then you're, you're looking good. So as, as a flex or a wide receiver too, yeah, you're swimming in the gravy, baby. My sneaky start. Good. I, I approve of that. Um, good. <laughs> good. Yes. Good. Uh, next up, I will say one, uh, Philip Dorsett. Uh, this is sort of if you got burned by him last week, and now you're like, you know what? I'm just going to bench it till I see it happen. Um, normally that'd be fine, but I caution against it because they're playing Jacksonville, who is a much easier secondary to play against than San Diego, who's actually looking like a pretty good secondary, not just for Rhett, but even like the other corners are actually it's looking pretty good. Um, and so now Jacksonville, who are 21st against the wide receiver, so a, like a pretty good matchup. Uh, and Dorset played Dorset played 87% of snaps last week. So he was on the field a yeah, lot. He was out there. Yeah. yeah, it's just the the targets weren't quite there. And so the hope is that he bounces back, he gets them. Uh, this is the London game, so it's it's a little this game's always a little wacky, but you know, yeah. I think I think he's a fine flex. I think you know, I would for sure do Fuller before him, but I I think he's an all right flex. Yeah, yeah, I don't mind starting Dorset this week. He's kind of the prime bounce back candidate. Mm-hmm. Uh Maybe people dropped him after last week. They're like, nope, yeah. I've seen enough. You yeah. know, he had four targets. This is pathetic. It's, you know, they're going to spread the ball to the tight ends a little bit more, and then Hilton's going to be the guy. But like you said, San Diego has a decent secondary. Jacksonville does not. Yeah. So it sounds like he might have a spot of fantasy in, oh, in London. Oh, hey, governor. Oi. Oi, governor. The All governor, right. Philip Dorsett. <laughs> the governor. That's that's the nickname released for this week until we forget it. Awful accents. All right. <laughs> so moving on, another uh, wide receiver. This one is more, let's put an asterisk on this one a little bit, because mm. he could have a major, major role if Eric Decker mm. turns out to be seriously injured. And mm. we know Brandon Marshall's already banged up. So who's next in line? Anunwa. Yeah. 
Uh, this is yeah. This is purely just like a potential volume play. If Decker for some reason surprisingly plays, then yeah, don't don't start a Nunma against Seattle. But with Decker potentially out, uh, Marshall maybe still limited. A Nunma could be in for just like a crazy amount of targets um, in a game where they might be playing catch up. You know who who catch up not mustard. Uh, who, who really knows with Seattle on the road and what kind of condition Russell's going to be in? But yeah, um, and the. Historically, Seattle's been pretty weak against slot receivers and tight ends, and, and noon what kind of profiles is both of those things. Yeah, um, exactly. So that could work out. Uh, and even with uh, Decker and Marshall on the field, he still has 25 targets. Yeah. I mean, he, he has the same amount of targets as guys like Doug Baldwin, uh, Stephon Diggs, Jordan Matthews, you know, Adam Humphreys. Wait, what? Who? No. <laughs> Who? Uh, <laughs> But he's he's right around the uh, Brandon Marshall range, Jordy Nelson range. He's only a few behind DeAndre Hopkins, so yeah. he's getting targets. And right if there, yeah. Decker is out and Marshall is still kind of hampered by this knee injury, then he will probably get ten targets in this game, which might be yeah. enough to support a, a nice fantasy day for you. So Quincy Anunwa, Quincy Anunwa is our yeah. third sneaky start at the wide receiver position. Mm. Uh, the fourth one, let's just move right along. I think I feel like this is an obvious one a little bit this week because mm. of the matchup, more so in PPR. But uh, the Crowder, oh yeah, and Crowder, Clam Crowder, Clam Crowder, <laughs> who seems to be Cousins' favorite red zone target this year. Mm. Surprisingly, weirdly, I feel like it's uh, not going to last, but it's happening for now. At least won't last. Yeah, we haven't seen Jordan Reed really get involved, and I feel like yeah. they're going to try to rectify that whether he comes out and does the whole squeaky wheel thing or they just realize that they're struggling badly in the red zone. Like Kirk Cousins and the Washington offense has actually been quite efficient until they get to the red zone. Yeah. And then they've been struggling. But one of his touchdowns was to Jamison Crowder. Uh, he receives high volume. He's targeted frequently. Uh, the, the yardage probably won't be there. He had a nice long touchdown last week which bolstered his performance. But usually he's sitting around like eight to nine receptions for about 60 yards. Mm. So he has an okay floor. But going against Cleveland this week, I mean, the matchup is there. The fact that he's getting all these red zone targets actually, I mean, it increases the chance that he gets a touchdown on top of his 60 to 70 yards. And then you have a great start out of Jameson Crowder uh, in standard. Now, if you're in PPR, I think it's a no-brainer because the receptions alone will – make him a viable wide receiver too yeah for sure so jameson crowder how are you feeling about clam crowder i like cram crowder a lot he's kind of more the the floor play for me you know like uh like dorsett and anunwa uh and maybe wiffle probably has a pretty safe floor too but dorsett and anunwa are kind of like the the high upside guys um Crowder's this great floor guy. If you're like, you know, my team's pretty good. I don't really need to swing for the fences with this flex. I just need, like, some safe points. I think that's what uh, Clam Crowder can really do for you. Clam Crowder. I like it. Uh, uh, moving on to another wide receiver that has a juice matchup. Uh, we just mentioned him yesterday in our buy section. Buy, buy, buy. Oh. Irel Williams. The Terrell Gazelle. T will the better T will better T yeah definitely the better T will <laughs> better T will going against the uh, New Orleans Saints mm-hmm. who have just looked bad yeah. other than when they played uh, Eli uh, they've looked really really bad their defense I mean they just got gashed shredded uh, Atlanta did whatever they wanted to they almost scored a 
I think they scored a touchdown of five straight drives and almost had a sixth touchdown. Mm. I mean, they were knocking on the door. It was really bad. Tyrell Williams playing at home, Phillip Rivers. Uh, you know New Orleans is going to come out firing too, so it should be another offensive showdown. Uh, Vegas has this as the highest-scoring game of the week. Another highest-scoring game of the week involving the New Orleans Saints, which is not surprising because they have a good offense, but their defense is terrible. So it seems like they're going to get into these shootout type of games consistently Mm -hmm. and that's what you want from a fantasy perspective yeah so tyrell williams i mean he's he's out targeting travis benjamin he is kind of the de facto number one receiver in Mm -hmm. san diego right now yeah Uh, we mentioned this yesterday so i won't go into too much detail but travis benjamin is kind of this the gadget play for them he does get targets but he's he sees horizontal passes he sees uh running plays and then the occasional deep deep throw yeah. But Tyrell Williams is the like number one receiver that Philip Rivers will be looking for down the field. Uh, will probably be looking for in the red zone. Yeah. So Tyrell Williams, I like going against New Orleans. How yeah. you feel about? Uh, you know, I like it too. Um, you're totally betting on. I mean, you know, this is that New Orleans has an awful defense. I'm betting a little bit on game scripts. I was trying to figure out why the Giants game with the Saints didn't go the way we expected. And the only thing I can think of is that um, it was road breeze instead of home breeze, and he was struggling, and so the Giants didn't really need to do anything because breeze wasn't running up the score like he was against the Falcons and the Raiders. Um, yeah. And so I guess there's a risk that he comes into San Diego, um, breeze puts up a dud, and then the San Diego offense doesn't have to do that much to win. Um, so so there is a little bit of a risk there, but you know he's at least you know in targets and snaps he's the number one. Um, I think even if that happens, he still gets his. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think so. And then this is a revenge game. Every time Drew Brees goes back to San Diego, it's a revenge oh, game, baby. Isn't this his first time going back to San Diego? Is it to playing playing I I in saw San that Diego? On Twitter. I could be wrong, but I thought I saw something like this is his first time going back since he got traded or whatever it was. <laughs> well, we don't. The AFC West doesn't generally play this division, so yeah. uh, it it could be. Um, I don't know, though. I feel like he's been in New Orleans too long for that to be true. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll have to double-check on that for you guys. But either way, I think New Orleans are 0-3. Mm. I mean, Drew Brees, he's he's a competitor. He's going to go out there. They'll, they'll put points on the board. I don't think San Diego has a fantastic defense. I think their secondary is okay. But, I mean, we just saw Verrett get absolutely shredded by T.Y. Yeah. Hilton. So, who's to say? I mean, T.Y. Hilton's kind of this fast. He's not the biggest guy in the world, kind of, a la Brandon Cooks. Yeah, maybe, maybe Cooks Brandon Cooks will will light Verrett up. I mean, yeah. I think Verrett's good, but he was being talked up like he was the best cornerback in the game. Out, of, I mean, two weeks into the season, I was seeing yeah. this on Twitter. Like, oh, he's the best cornerback in the game. And I remember specifically last year when talk of this started to come up, uh, a game where he got absolutely roasted by Alshon Jeffrey and hmm. then got injured. And then another game where Amari Cooper just embarrassed him. So he is not oh, this yeah, like, that. he's not this complete shut down corner that you should avoid at all costs. Like Darrell Revis used to be. Or like Richard uh, so Sherman currently is. Richard Sherman currently <laughs> is. There you go. You had to get your Seattle plug in there. Boom. Had to get one. So yeah, I, w- I wouldn't be too worried about San Diego shutting down. New Orleans, I think 
it's going to be another high-scoring game, which will benefit Tyrell Williams, who is our yeah. sneaky start. For sure. Uh, let's move on. we got a couple more guys left. I'm going to throw out, while we're talking about me being a Seattle homer, I'm going to throw Tyler this Lockett. guy out. Yeah, Tyler Lockett. Uh, mostly because, while well, some of these guys are sort of popular sneaky starts, Lockett for sure isn't because he's done nothing no. so far this year. He had like a decent week too, but then was a ghost last week. Um, last week has more to do with his, his knee situation, recovering from the injury. He played very limited snaps. He was basically just in there on punt returns and then the occasional like to block for running plays. Um, yeah. So he, he's been limited this week, so it worries me a little bit. So, you know, see what his practice is like is Friday. Hopefully he's upgraded to full. Um, yeah. If he is, then I like it because then he should start playing a full complement of snaps again. And it's, you know, the the narrative here that I'm sort of chasing is that Revis has been burned by these quick deep threats so far this year. These like, you know, that's what like Marquise Goodwin was in week two. <laughs> um, so it's kind of yeah. it's kind of chasing that um, in hopes that you can see that with Lockett that he catches some bomb. Um, and he's you know he's he's better than Marquise Goodwin. He has a more complete route tree. And so you know it's. It's risky for sure. He's further down on this list than any other guy we've said. I don't like love it, but you know, it's, it, this is our if you're desperate play, I guess. You know, a la Terrell Pryor. Like Terrell Pryor last week. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Lockett gives you the potential to get points in the special teams game too. I mean, yeah. you don't want to bank on that, but I mean, he is a threat as a pun returner, and we saw him put on some moves last week. He didn't quite finish the return, but he what was a 60 yard return or something like that. Uh, yeah. so that was basically all he did last week. Uh, didn't score, so it didn't get you any points, but I like that. Definitely like that. And t- yeah. Tyler Lockett has been this wide receiver who was kind of talked up like this was going to be his breakout year. And so far mm-hmm. it hasn't happened, but we also haven't really seen Seattle, the offense click on all cylinders. Russell's been banged up. Yeah. Uh, their offensive line has looked awful. So there's potential there. I don't know if it's going to happen this week, maybe after the bye, but I like, you know, taking the chance on maybe a long touchdown That's against Darrell Revis. Yeah. Revis Island. He'll make an interesting, like, uh, tourney play, because I assume Lockett's probably, like, minimum price at this point. Yeah, like exactly. The DFS sites. Um, let's, uh, let's round this out. I think we just got a couple more. I'm going to say, um, sort of as a group, um, all of the Dallas wide receivers. Um, okay. I mean, Cole Beasley, for sure, is the safer one. Um, and especially then, in PPR. Especially yeah. in PPR. And then Terrence Williams, I guess, is the upside guy. Or maybe, like, Bryce Butler, if you're just like, I've had enough Terrence Williams <laughs> trials. I don't know if I'd recommend that. But, you know, this is just that. It's, again, San Francisco, who, against every team that isn't the Rams, that defenses look terrible. Uh, just, like, absolutely lit up. And Dak is better than Case Keenum. Uh, his offensive line is better. His supporting cast is better. Um so, yeah. I mean, it's, it's really just it, it's this defense, and Dez is going to be out is what it's sounding like. So it's yeah, hoping I those targets get spread around a little bit more. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I'm also going to throw out a group to kind of piggyback off of that, the Baltimore Ravens mm. group of wide receivers this week. Mm. Uh, Stephen Smith. <laughs> Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A. Smith has uh, led the team in targets. It seems like he is kind of – getting back to full health after his Achilles mm. injury last year. And the guy just doesn't seem to slow down. I mean, he still looks like a legit wide receiver out there. And we have the whole Flacco baby narrative. He just, you know, his wife had birth. I think uh, the last time this happened, he put up a huge fantasy game. Boom, there it is. The baby game. So, the baby game <laughs> right there. 
Uh, the baby game uh, and the Oakland secondary is still a question mark for me. Um, being a Raiders fan, I think they improve. Right now, they're kind of like the easy target for fan- fantasy analysts. Everyone is like, oh, my gosh, you know, the Raiders secondary is so bad that you can play anyone against them. This week will be a tell for me because Baltimore is kind of middle of the range offense, in my opinion. They have mm-hmm. some weapons. They have, you know, a deep threat in Mike Wallace. They have Joe Elite Flacco, the helm. But they're not to the level of New Orleans or Atlanta. And they're also not as bad as Tennessee. So this will be a decent test. Yeah. I mean, Emerson has looked good in the Oakland secondary. Steve uh, Smith looked good. Sean Smith, he had a rebound game. But still, I think you want to take the chance with the way Oakland has looked overall this season. Uh, place. I would probably start Steve Smith in this game. He would be my target. He has a track record. When he played Oakland last year, at the beginning of the year, now, albeit it was a different defense, but he completely just destroyed them. And he seems to like to uh, play against Oakland in his career. So, I don't know. I would play Steve Smith as a start this week, definitely. Wide receiver two, flex play, do it. Do it, do it, come on. I like Steve Smith more than Mike Wallace. He seems to be sort of finally getting into game shape coming off the injury. Got the most targets last week. Um, yeah. Wallace is like very boomer bust, and Steve Smith feels like a safer guy against uh, the secondary. Uh, any other any other wide receivers, or is that it? I think that's it. I think we should move on to our running backs. Shorter list this week. Uh, yeah. More hypey guys. Yeah. Uh, because I feel like running back the the scarcity right now is pretty thin. Yeah. Or the depth in the position is kind of dwindling. So you're probably starting some of these guys you, yeah. you might be in a position where you're starting some of these guys uh so we're just going to mention uh let's start with crow isaiah, isaiah crowell yeah this is one where after last week he had kind of a, a smaller stat line didn't really explode like a diaper as we like to say um but he's going respectables, <laughs> a seven points, I think. A Jeremy yeah. Hill stat line. <laughs> Your Jeremy Hill stat line. Basically just didn't Jeremy get in the Hill's end special. zone. Yeah. Um, he still had, you know, he averaged over five yards of carry still. So actually he was good. Um, he just didn't really get in the end zone. Um, and the real play here is that it's against Washington, who have been very susceptible to the run, 31st against the run uh, when adjusted for schedule. So this is, this should potentially be a pretty heavy crow game. And so despite this sort of, the down week he had last week, not really down, but not huge. Um, he's, he's still worth a flex, I would say. I would say over a lot of other guys that maybe not all the guys we're naming, but pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the thing that concerned me about Crow last week was that Duke Johnson got way more involved than we'd seen him get involved. Yeah, that's the word. And it wasn't like it was the, the type of game script where they were behind the entire game. Cleveland was actually in that game and leading that game against the Dolphins at, at certain points. Mm-hmm. So the fact that Duke Johnson got involved was was maybe due to the fact they just don't have very much in terms of the passing game. So yeah. they're trying to get him out there more to kind of be that spark plug. But I do like Crow for all the reasons that you mentioned. Washington's been terrible against the run. I mean, Orleans, Darkwing Duck just mm-hmm. tore them up last week for over five yards of carry. So... I see Crow putting up similar numbers, five yards a carry, probably a touchdown. So I think he's a, he's a good start this week in the running yeah. back position. 
he's probably someone that you might have been starting anyways. I feel like the hype is still a little bit behind Crow. Yeah. So he's borderline sneaky start. Uh, these other guys will be more in the sneaky range, and we're going to start with the hype train that is the mm. Dwayne train in Detroit. Dwayne, Dwayne Washington. Train. Choo-choo. The David Johnson clone. <laughs> the Yeah, no, he, he's 100% going to be this year's David Johnson. Book it. Write it down. He is this black player. Um, <laughs> now, I mean, the play here is that in the second half last week, after Theoretic proved that he's not a between-the-tackles runner, um, yep. Dwayne Washington stepped in, and he wasn't amazing. He averaged 3.8 yards a carry. But he got 10 carries. He was at least productive with it. Um, and this was against a really good run defense, it looks like, in Green Bay. Um, and now this week he, they get a uh, Chicago, which is Chicago, Chicago, which is not a good running defense. We just saw Zeke light him up. Um, yeah. And so the hope is that Detroit sort of comes out and realizes that Dwayne should be their early down guy, and he already gets the goal line work. And so maybe he's due for, you know, fifteen ish touches. Um, maybe maybe gets a touchdown, and which makes him you know pretty a pretty high upside flex in like what is a, a good matchup. Yeah, or an RB2. I think these are the type of running backs. I mean, I've seen it in all of my leagues. I'm sure you have as well. Mm -hmm. There are some teams out there that are really, really hurting at the running back position. Like, like, oh, my goodness. Like, they're starting guys like Kenyon Drake. They're starting guys like, I mean, anyone in the Miami backfield. If you're you're forced to start one of those guys, you're in trouble. Yeah. Uh, So it's kind of been a running back apocalypse. And I know a lot of people are going to say, well, this is why you go wide receiver heavy. Mm-hmm. Well, to me, this just shows you the scarcity of the position. Yeah. If, we're, if we're in week three and people are already out of a running back two, they just don't have one because they didn't draft the, the depth. Yeah. And they're ending up with one injury has pretty much ruined their running back depth, which is not something that should happen. No. You should prepare for this in the draft. And I feel like if you go wide receiver heavy, like five wide receivers to start the draft, then you're just limiting yourself. And I mean, a lot of the prototypical zero RB guys haven't really been doing much. So, I mean, if you're in a situation in a standard league where you you have to start Gio Bernard as, as one of your starting running backs, then it's not very good. I mean, we saw what happened tonight. I mean, I think in Gio's last 15 carries, he's, he's rushed for 27 yards. Yeah. I'm, I'm worried about Gio. He, with how many touches Jeremy Hill got, and now it's like a second week in a row that it was mostly Hill. Like it seems like Gio is just kind of getting pushed out more and more of the workload. Yeah, I mean, not to stray too far off, but Jeremy Hill is an interesting name. We should probably talk about him a little bit next week yeah. because he didn't have an amazing game, but the volume mm-hmm. was very, very encouraging to yeah. the point where you're starting to wonder, okay, is it going to even be this split or are they just going to feed Jeremy Hill? Yeah. Uh, but moving on, so Dwayne... Train, Washington, and Detroit. The matchup is there. Uh, You mentioned everything about Riddick already. Uh, And then Mm -hmm. the coaches came out this week and kind of hyped him up a little bit. We don't really want to read too much into that, but I think it's easy to assume that he'll at least receive most of the early down work. So if you're forced to start him uh, as a running back too, I don't think it's the end of the world there, and it might be a good play for you. Uh, another hypey running back who was probably the number one waiver wire target this week with the Langford injury is Jordan Howard. Jojo How How. Jojo How How. Jojo How How. Again, another good matchup. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, Chicago's at home. They're playing Detroit. And Jordan Howard has nobody behind him. Yeah. Except Joy Bell. 
who was just signed off the street. Drake Revenge game. Who was just signed off the street. We'll probably see, like, maybe 10% of the snaps, I would assume. I think Jordan Howard this week, this will be his chance. Yeah, for sure. To show that he can be a three-down workhorse type of back. Mm -hmm. And the thing I like about Jordan Howard, as we saw this last week at the end of the game in garbage time, is that he gets involved in the passing game. He can't really be game scripted out at this point because there's nobody else. He doesn't have a Theo Riddick on his team. He doesn't have a Gio Bernard or Duke Johnson where if Chicago's behind, oh, here comes the uh, receiving back. Mm -hmm. They don't have that right now. It's Jordan Howard. So he's going to be out on the field the entire game. Uh, They'll probably try to, to set the tone with the running game. I mean, the one thing you have to look at with Chicago is that the run blocking has been top 10. That's the mm. only saving grace with Chicago right now is their run blocking grade has graded out to be actually top five. It's mm. fifth, according to Pro Football Focus. Uh, the rest of their team, not very good. So I think they're going to try to play to their strength when the game is close. So they'll probably, they have Brian Hoyer as a quarterback. So they're probably going to check down to Zach Miller a lot and run the yeah. ball with Jordan Howard, try to control the clock. And I think he's going to see probably 20 touches in this game. Yeah, he volume alone should give you 10 points. I mean, he put up 10 points last week, essentially. Yeah. So I like Jordan Howard a lot. I think if he comes out and establishes himself, he could be he might be in the running because so far we haven't seen and it's still really early. We haven't seen that season changing waiver wire pickup yet. Not yet. No. We've seen it in the past. I mean, it was Odell Beckham a few years ago uh, last year. You know, if he picked up David Johnson. Mm hmm. You were set. Uh, there's probably a lot of other names we can talk about. Yeah. But it hasn't happened yet this year. Um, Jordan Howard could be in that discussion by the end of the year. Yeah, definitely. If he can establish himself this week and the following weeks, obviously. Yeah, Who's your next guy? Uh, next guy, and maybe the last guy on our list, is uh, Cameron Artist Payne. Much yep. less exciting than Jordan Howard. Um, this, is, this is mostly um, about the matchup playing Atlanta. Which we just saw Mark Ingram run all over. Uh, he is Oof, in a split yeah. with Fozzie, but not that much of a split. Fozzie's more of like the three down or the third passing down back is what it's looking like. But um, he still out carried him twelve to five. Cameron Artis Payne did, um, and he you know he was pretty good with it. Average four yards a carry. Um, and so the hope is, and this was against you know Minnesota, which is a very good run defense. Is looking like Minnesota. Yeah. So now he's against Atlanta. Soft matchup. Uh, should continue to kind of get the, like, 60 to 70% of the carries, you know, the early down work. And he is, uh, obviously, he's probably the lowest on the list of all these guys. But he is, like, a, a flex play. If you're sitting there and you're, like, got decimated at running back, you didn't get to pick up any of these hypier guys. Cameron Artis Payne was someone you could probably pick up without even going through waivers. He was just sitting out there. Um, I, I think he'll be fine. I think he has a pretty safe floor. The ceiling's kind of capped because... Cam Newton's the goal line running back there. Um, so unless he rips off a big one, he's probably not going to get a touchdown. But he's he's probably a guy that can get you seven, eight fantasy points, you know? I think I think that's in play. Yeah, definitely, especially against that Atlanta D. Atlanta um, D. And it sounds like Jonathan Stewart is going to be out for an extended period of time, like yeah. the next four or five weeks, I think, was the last report. So, uh, you know, if you have... CAP on your team right now, it's not 
looking too bad for you. I mean, he could establish himself as the back there. I mean, who mm. knows with Jonathan Stewart, the guy can't seem to stay healthy. So yeah. he comes back four or five weeks and has maybe lost his job already. I, I won't maybe I won't say he's going to lose his job, but you know, he might get injured again. Maybe he's, Anything's he's working possible, in a split yeah. back. Foot. Anything's possible. But CAP is kind of one of those interesting guys for me. If he has a couple of nice games and you just flip him. Yeah. Because I don't think he, he's the answer long term. No. Because you already mentioned that Cam kind of caps his potential there. Yeah. We're not going to see him getting the goal line carries. So CAP, I like it. I mean, Mark Ingram had his return mm-hmm. game against Atlanta. So it's uh, Payne's turn. Film the paint. Turn. Uh, any other running backs, or is it tight end time? Running, yeah, I think it's tight end time. That's good for this week in running backs. Yeah, tight end time. Tight end time. Let's do it. Who's your first tight end? Uh, I'm going to start with Nikki start. kind of a boring one, but I think easily the safest of the group, and that's Zach Miller um, yeah. against Detroit, who have been the friendliest to the tight end, 32nd against the tight end. Um, and we sort of saw last week he is Brian Hoyer's security blanket and sort of yep. main red zone threat. Um, Zach Miller could be, you know, if he continues what he was doing last week, not the two touchdowns, but at least that, like, target share, he could be a top five tight end the rest of the way. It's not impossible. Um, so at least for this week, he's, like, a very safe guy. Yeah, he's playing at home, just like you said, you know. He's a security blanket, and we saw this last year, too. And the thing to point out here is that Zach Miller kind of came on that, yes, when Bennett went out, uh, but also when Alshon was banged up. Mm-hmm. And we saw this happen again last week in Dallas. Alshon was banged up, and Miller, I mean, outside of Kevin White, who did see a lot of targets as well, but Miller became that security blanket for Hoyer. Uh, and in the red zone, he was getting all the looks. He scored two touchdowns. He had a huge game, yeah. and it seems like they have that rapport. So Zach Miller is definitely a nice play this week, and he might be somebody to keep, like outside of just streaming. Oh yeah, because with the the landscape of the fantasy uh, tight end right now, is very very murky. Uh, mm-hmm. Even the big guys haven't really gotten off to a explosive start. Your no. Jordan Reeds, your your Greg Olsons, yeah. you know Greg Olson had a nice game, but a one nice game. So yeah, I like Zach Miller here. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else do you got for me? Uh, now we get into the sort of uh, the hypey risk guys. Uh, next, I'd say Hunter Henry. Uh, this is assuming that Antonio Gates doesn't play. It sounds like he's not going to play. Um, yeah. And so this is just the, you know, he already saw a little bit of targets last week, uh, good snap percentage. Uh, he played 100% yeah. of snaps last week, surprisingly, yeah. five targets. So if he's, if he's on the field for every play and he already got five targets in his essentially first game, now he gets New Orleans and he's at home. Um you know, Henry Henry could be in for a big workload. So he's I'd definitely do Zach Miller before Henry, but Henry is probably just sitting out there on your wire right now. Zach Miller probably already got picked up after last week. Yeah, I would assume so. Yeah, and uh Hunter Henry, I mean they drafted him. We we heard this narrative with Ladarius Green, like mm-hmm. they drafted him to be Antonio Gates replacement. Uh he impressed during camp and preseason and now he's getting his chance. Uh he put up six point five fantasy points and standard last week. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's completely viable for a tar- tight end at this point. If you're getting five or six points from your tight end, you're probably either equal with your opponent or maybe slightly ahead mm-hmm. with the way that yeah. the tight end position has gone. So I think he should see a decent amount of volume against New Orleans this week at home. 
you know that Philip Rivers likes throwing to a tight end, so he likes his tight end. I like end. it. Let me ask he you locks, this uh, to add yeah. a little bit of like real world anecdotalness to this. Um, would you start Hunter Henry or Dwayne Allen in London? Uh, Hunter Henry. I think the so, thing with yeah. Dwayne, the thing with Dwayne Allen is I think it's really trending towards O'Doyle rules. O'Doyle rules. Yeah, man. Yeah. Jack Doyle. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Man, I mean, it's really damning for Dwayne Allen that Jack Doyle has just kind of appeared and been like, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna out target you. Deal with it." And Dwayne Allen has just kind of been letting it happen. Yeah, and Andrew Luck seems to like throwing to Jack Doyle, and the, he sees a huge percentage of the snaps, and they're mm. running two tight end sets. So I think, if anything, Jack Doyle is just gonna eat away at Dwayne Allen's fantasy production. Nom nom nom. Uh, nom 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 nom. <laughs> and if I had to choose between those two right now, I would honestly choose Jack Doyle. But if you're asking me yeah. between Dwayne Allen and Hunter Henry, then yeah, Hunter Henry, hundred percent. Totally. Uh, well, while uh, we're talking about Jack Doyle. Let's just say he is he's also a sneaky start for this week. Jack Doyle, there you go. For for all the reasons we said, out targeting and out snapping Dwayne Allen. He kind of asserted himself as um Andrew Luck's safety blanket. Basically Kobe Fleener left and Jack Doyle's like, Oh, I'll just step in and do this. Dwayne Allen wasn't able to just take on the whole workload like people had hoped. Um and the yeah. injury of Moncrief really hurt things because the the three wide receiver base set is kinda killed without Moncrief, which is just helping Doyle get on the field more. Yeah, I mean if you look at the the targets through three games, Doyle has 15, Dwayne Allen has 13, mm-hmm. and uh, O'Doyle, I can't, Doyle, Doyle has 137 Doyle. yards and two touchdowns. <laughs> O'Doyle rules. Doyle rules. So, um, yeah. yeah, Jack Doyle, I like him. I like him a lot. Uh, and from here, I think we're going to go to, let's do... Cameron Brait. Cameron Brait. Yeah, this is for looked sure. Looked great. <laughs> Cameron Brait looked great. Um, I mean, yeah, he this is definitely my least favorite of the group, um, especially against Denver. But, you know, the hope is the hope is garbage time. It's that, you know, ASJ is gone. He is sort of the de facto um, security blanket of um, Winston at this point. So you're with he is the you're looking for a touchdown play at a certain point all the tight ends turn in, all the tight ends turn into do they get a touchdown cool, um, and so at this point Cameron Braid is as good of bet as any of them just because he he got two of them last week and I don't think it's entirely a fluke. Yeah, and I mean last week was really the first week he got to operate as the guy. Mm-hmm. He was always sharing time with ASJ. ASJ was kind of the hypey tight end too. Yeah. He had all the talent, just didn't have the the correct mindset to succeed. Yeah. Uh, so now Brait's a guy. He scores two touchdowns last week against LA. Uh, we'll see what he does as Winston security blanket. I mean, he could see an uptick in red zone targets. I think he will most likely throughout mm-hmm. the rest of the season. Uh, very interesting to watch Cameron break because he had a lot of hype around him in the preseason when he was named starter over ASJ. And then people were like, what Cameron braid. <laughs> and then ASJ kind of worked his way back into the conversation. And now he had just imploded on himself. Uh, so DUI'd it's all, all over Cameron himself. DUI all over <laughs> himself. And now Brandon Marshall is going to take him under his wing Listen, in New York. Listen, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll throw out one more tight end. Just um, right. sort of like, I don't know if attrition is the right word, but maybe bounce back. Um, Jacob Tammy, just that, you know, Carolina has actually, despite being a good defense, hasn't been that good against the tight end. We just saw um, 
Rudolph kind of yeah, Kyle Rudolph kind of explode all over them. And Vance McDonald the week before. Vance McDonald. Yeah, Carolina might secretly be a bad defense, and we just don't realize it yet. You know, they let they let Blaine Gabbert hang around almost that entire game. Um, they did. Yeah, so it's, it's possible Carolina is actually a bad defense. We'll see this week if Matt this Ryan will be just the completely test. lights them up. Yeah, if Matt Ryan continues to be the elite quarterback, then to me that's the sign. Like, okay, Carolina is not the same defense they were last year. Exactly. I think that's a good place to stop. Yeah, I think for the uh, for sneaky starts sneaky of the week. Start. Yeah. Yeah. Let's close it down. Shut up shop. Uh, yeah. Let us uh, quickly run through keeping score. Yeah. I was probably going to splice it. So we'll just have a nice spot to start. Mm. So uh, I'll just let you kind of uh, roll with it. Cool. Uh, week four. Keeping score. Oh my god, that one rhymed. Oh man, the time, poet. Everyone. A very Leo exciting time. Leo the poet. A poet. A poet. Don't you know it? Oh my god, I can't stop. Um, in the video. Boom. Boom. Yeah, I don't even need to go into it. Um, yeah. So this is the the results from week three. For those of you that have not um, partook in partake partaken partooken. What those? If you haven't seen yeah. sneaky starts before. Um, this is basically go we, we go through the, the weekly results for running back and wide receivers uh, for players that were drafted in the top 24 at each position, um, starters at each position, and see which of them finished as top 12 of the position, RB1 or wide receiver one. Yeah. Uh, this is kind of works out nicely because the ADP lines up with uh, the sort of zero RB and robust RB cutoff of round five because that's usually where the like 24th wide receiver and running back are going. Um, yep. And we stop at running back one and wide receiver one because, honestly, having a running back two, wide receiver two, doesn't help you win your week. And you don't lose your week from it, but you're not winning your week because, oh, man, I had the 18th best running back this week. Like, that doesn't really help you. So we're, we're looking for those guys that are helping you actually win your week as sort of a study of is, you know, is there zero RB working better? Is robust RB working better? Or is it really neither? And it doesn't really matter if yeah. you go with one of these strategies. Um, I feel like this was a good week for both. This was a good week for both, yeah. To sort yeah. of like quickly recap, um, running back had the lead coming into this week. Um, 14 players to 11 players um, over the course of the first two weeks. And now we enter week three, and um, we get an even tie. Let me, boom, there are the running back numbers up on that screen. Bam. Um, and as you can see, you can't see Derek, but as the audience can see. Um, I can pretend. I'm imagining. This was a good week for the, f- the early round running backs. Um, we haven't really seen that yet outside yeah, of David Johnson. Finally. Yeah, David yeah. Johnson has been. David Johnson is the only player drafted in the top 12 at their position who has finished top 12 every week so far. Only player, period. No wide receiver has done that yet. So that's David Johnson. That's a good vote for early the running back if you have real. to take him. The RB1, David the, Johnson. The RB1, David Johnson. Um, so, yeah, quickly running down the list. Um, first was Tevin Coleman, drafted running back 46, um, with his three touchdown fluky, fluky game. Um, you probably weren't starting him, though. Maybe, maybe you were. Maybe you own just Coleman. And you're like, ah, let's flex yeah. him. But for the sake of this argument, you probably weren't. Second was Devonta Freeman, the other Atlanta running back. Uh, with Look only, at that. With only .2 less uh, fantasy points. He gets one touchdown, but actually piles up yardage. Uh, the Atlanta running back I'd rather own at this point. Um, yep. He was drafted in the, is the RB7 in the second round. So that's a good sign for early running backs. Uh, third was LaShawn McCoy. There we go. With 23.6 fantasy points, drafted as the RB12. Um, yep. At the beginning of the third round. Fourth was David Beautiful. Johnson coming there back he is. again. Uh, he was 
drafted as the RB2 first round early. So David Johnson is the running back to own so far. Uh, fifth was uh, the hype train Christine Michael, uh, Seawoke. It finally exploded. It finally comes to fruition. Um, he was drafted as the running back 42 in the 11th round. Like, yeah, you probably started him last week, but you didn't draft him as a starter. So it doesn't count. Sixth was LeGarrette Blunt, drafted as the running back 37 in the ninth round. Um, Going to be a prime sell high after this next week, but he, he has been good through the first three weeks. Uh, Carlos Hyde was number seven, uh, drafted as the running back 14 in the third round, at the end of the third round, really. Um, the, the garbage time hero with two touchdowns, Chip Kelly insists on still running in the garbage time. Yeah, hey, they don't ask how, right? Just they how many points. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> Jeremy Hill was eighth. Uh, he was the running back, drafted as the running back 20 uh, in the fifth round, yep. so he's kind of getting near that cutoff. Uh, DeMarco Murray. Finished nine. There he is drafted as the running back nineteen. Um, also early fifth round ADP. I mean, th- this ADP is kind of an average of all the major sites. So you might be like, oh, that sounds kind of late or kind of early. Well, you know, it's an average. Um, tenth, Todd Gurley finally makes an appearance as an RB one. Oh, RB1. finally! Yeah. Yes. Drafted as the RB one, um, <laughs> <laughs> and it hasn't worked out. And even as the tenth, it's not that great. But twenty fantasy points, you'll take it. Yeah, um, definitely. And then. 11th was Darren Sproles, drafted as the RB45 in the 12th round. You, you weren't starting Darren Sproles. Don't pretend like you were starting Darren Sproles. Um, Charles Sims sneaks in at number 12, uh, running back 39, just edges out Mark Ingram for the 12th spot um, by, I think, like 0. .4 points. Um, oh, man. Ingram would have sounded so much better. I know, Ingram. And I think Latavius, <laughs> no, not Latavius. I forget who, but some, some other high-end running back was just behind Ingram. Uh, but, you know, we're not counting it for the sake of being fair. Um, and so that makes seven running backs that were drafted as starters finished top 12. Uh, so majority of the top 12 were guys taken early, which, you know, is a good sign. Um, yep. A sort of rundown of the colors you're seeing on screen. Uh, bright green means they were taken as a top 12 running back. Yellow means they were... It's an RB2, but a high-end RB2, and orange means they were like a fringe low-end RB2, but you were probably still starting them knowing the state of running back. Um, so that was seven. Let's move on to wide receiver. How do they do? Tell me, Leo. They also had seven. Um, what? So this was, this was a dead tie. Um, didn't do quite as well on the top, the early round wide receivers. Number one was uh, Starvin Marvin Jones. His 32 the fantasy wide points. wide receiver one. Yeah, the wide receiver one currently. Wow. Uh, he, he was taken in the seventh round. Like you, you might have been flexing him, um, but you didn't draft him as a starter. Um, Terrell Pryor was number two, drafted as the wide receiver, sixty-seven in the sixteenth round. Um, so you, oh, man, so he probably wasn't even drafted in most leagues. No, I think he's on the wire in most leagues. So unless you listened to yeah. us last week, you weren't starting Terrell Pryor. Uh, third was uh, Manny Sanders as the wide receiver, twenty-nine. Yeah, the squeaky wheel just outside of the starter range, so doesn't make the cut. He was taken in the sixth round. Um, T.Y. Hilton comes in at number four, drafted as the wide receiver, 16th, third round, finally explodes onto the scene. Um, fifth was Jordy Nelson, drafted as the wide receiver, eight in the second round. Jordy looking like Jordy of old. Um, just, he did. He was feasting. Yeah, he was feasting, so that's, that's good news for the Packers offense as a whole. Um, yep. I will say that, you know, the narrative of all oh, the Packers offense, you know, Jordy's back, it didn't fix things, what's the problem? Well, Jordy wasn't really fully back until this week after week when he's like, oh, my legs feel heavy. And then the second week they were against Minnesota, who can apparently stop any offense. And so now he's finally, you know, really back in game shape, and we're seeing, we're seeing what this Packers offense really is with Jordy Nelson. Um, six was 
Doug Baldwin, drafted as the wide receiver 21 in the fourth round, just making that starter cut. Um, you might not have been starting him after two very slow weeks. Hopefully he did. Hopefully you saw the matchup and started him because he got you 22 fantasy points. Um, number seven was Jarvis Landry, drafted the wide receiver 18 in the fourth round. Uh, eighth was Mike Evans, drafted wide receiver 11. Um, Another appearance from Mike Evans. Mike Evans, I think, is the only wide receiver to appear on this list twice through the first three weeks. Let me, let me confirm this. No, it's him and Antonio Brown are the only ones to appear on this list two out of three weeks. So Evans hasn't appeared all three? No wide receiver has appeared all three. No, I think Evans was just outside of the top 12 week two. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, but, so Evans has been very good down. Um, ninth was yes. Allen Robinson returning, returning back onto the scene, drafted as a wide receiver seven in the second round. Um, I'd like to just air out a gripe really quick about this. So A-Rob. A-Rob. So, uh, you know, Todd Gurley and Allen Robinson had essentially the same start to the season. Struggle mightily. Week three, they come out. Both have similar production of two touchdowns, not amazing yardage, but they like, you know, the bounce back week. Um, the Todd Gurley week gets water thrown on of like, oh, well, the yards per carry is still low. It was buoyed by these, you know, these touchdowns. You know, don't expect that to happen again. Allen Robinson does essentially the wide receiver version of that. And it's like, oh, uh, Robinson's back. Of course he's back. There was no question he'd be back. So it's, you know, yeah. it's, it's a little bit of bias towards the, the wide receiver here that it's okay for Allen Robinson to get two touchdowns, and that's the bulk of his performance, but not Todd Gurley for some reason. For some reason. Yeah, which doesn't really make any sense because Todd Gurley had the two carries from the one-yard line, which I feel yeah. like is going to be a common occurrence. That's not a fluky thing, yeah. Yeah, if, if you look at Allen Robinson's performance through the first couple of weeks, you see that he was heavily targeted in week one but had a lot of missed opportunities and had a mm-hmm. terrible completion rate. Uh, which I think is probably the equivalent of seeing a lot of volume as a running back and then just not producing with it. Yeah. Uh, so, like you said, he was basically the Todd Gurley of wide receivers. He was, man, yeah. And But people love Allen Robinson, so it was like, oh, you know, he's this prime buy low. Yeah. He's going to explode. But, I mean, geez, really, if Blake Bortles hasn't looked very good, you can make the same argument about Allen Robinson as you can about Todd Gurley and the Rams offense. How, oh, Todd Gurley's going to be held down because the Rams offense is just abysmal. Uh, Yeah, because Jacksonville, they look amazing right now. I mean, the run game. Yeah, they can't run the ball at all. The run game is incredible. Defenses could just sell out to bracket Allen Robinson. What they're doing to Gurley, which is we're going to stack the box and stop Gurley, defenses can do that with Allen Robinson. We're just going to remove Allen Robinson from the game and say, good luck, Bortles. Um, And we might see that start happening. So, I mean, yeah. There's really any point to this other than we don't like the bias against Todd Gurley, I guess, what it is. Leave um, Todd Gurley leave alone. Leave Todd Gurley alone, man. He's doing his best. Um, all right, number 10, Tavon Austin, <laughs> taking as the wide receiver 41. Yeah, don't, don't buy into this Tavon Austin thing. That there was he just, is, Mr. Just, Pokemon Go. Mr. Pokemon Go. Yeah, just, just fluky blown coverage. Don't expect to see him in here again ever, probably. Um, Deshaun Jackson, number 11. Uh, G-Jax. The big play master. Like drafted as a wide receiver 34 in the seventh round. Might have been flexing him, but you did not draft him as a starter. And last, just sliding in into the starter list, uh, Antonio Brown. The wide receiver one, taken first overall. Just barely finished as a wide receiver one. Um, and so that is seven to seven. Um, the wide receivers had four players drafted in the first two rounds that, you know, had good weeks and running backs had the same results. This was like a pretty much a mirror week between wide receiver and running back. Um, yeah. But the thing to point out is that the, running, that the running back pool is getting smaller 
every week. Um, yes. It's already doesn't have Jamal Charles and Le'Veon Bell. And then in week three, it didn't have um, Jonathan Stewart or Doug Martin or Adrian Peterson. Um, and there might be someone else I'm forgetting. I don't, is, is there a sixth? Is there another high-end running back that was drafted? Mir Abdullah? <laughs> no. There's, there's someone else I'm forgetting. Um, you already mentioned Martin. Did I say Doug Martin? Okay. Yeah, you said Martin. <laughs> Either way, like the, the running back pool is already down five or six players. Thomas Rawls? Thomas Rawls, that was it. Yeah, Thomas Rawls drafted as a starter. So six yeah. of the 24 guys drafted as starters didn't play in week three. So it was 18 players his pool was taken from. Um, whereas with the wide receiver, it was just down Sammy Watkins and uh, Keenan Allen. I think that was it. I think all the other top 24 wide receivers played. Um, yeah. So it's, the wide receivers had a bigger pool of players to pull from, but put up the exact same success rate, you could say, as the running backs. So Yeah, so doesn't this speak to positional scarcity with the running back that you need to get these yeah. top-end guys or else you're going to be floundering, trying to roster like these back-end yeah. Jay Ajahi, Kenyon Drake, mm-hmm. you know, our Isaiah Kroll as your uh, RB1? Yeah, uh, yeah it, it really does. So, so far, I mean, the, the total brings it up to running back 23 and uh, wide receiver 18. Uh, so, so far, running back is in the lead, but it's close. Uh, really what we're seeing is that what well, the actual, if you want to say, strategy was, was to go wide receiver, wide receiver in the first two rounds, and then running backs round three through five, because that's really where we're seeing the running backs shine is rounds three through five. Um, yeah. And so that would have been it, but, you know, that's not really any specific strategy. That's kind of just a different version of best player available. Um, so, yeah, so far we're saying that a balanced attack in the draft has paid off the most. I like it. Yeah, keep in mind, though, we're getting, you're getting Le'Veon Bell back this mm-hmm. week. You might be getting Jamal Charles back this yeah. week. So some of these early-round running backs haven't even played. I mean, if you look at who was drafted in the first round, I'm going to count Lev Bell because he was probably drafted either at the probably. end of the first round or the very beginning of the second round. Yeah, uh, He hasn't even played. If you look at the other running backs that were taken in the first round, we have David Johnson who's performing as he should be. Mm-hmm. We have Todd Gurley, who, I mean, I think he'll bounce back. It's a good but sign. he hasn't had a great start to the season. No. We've had Lamar Miller uh, and Zeke Elliott, who's starting to come alive. So I think mm-hmm. we're going to see a lot of production out of these guys that were drafted in the first round. I don't think we're going to look back unless we are Adrian Peterson. That's right. Uh, outside of Adrian Peterson, who got injured and was not looking very good, to be honest, before his injury, I think we're going to see a, a season where a lot of these early-round running backs are going to perform to their ADP. I think we'll see David Johnson continue. I think at the end of the year, Todd Gurley will have performed to his ADP. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe not running back one, but I think he'll have performed to a first-round running back. I think Lamar Miller is going to rebound and have a running back one year. I think Lev Bell is going to come back and have a great year. I think Zeke Elliott is probably going to end up as an RB1 because he gets so much volume. And he did look pretty good in the last game. Yeah, the last two weeks, Zeke finished just outside of the top 12. I think he was 13 and 14 the last two weeks. So Zeke Elliott is basically an RB1, just like right on the fringes. Yeah, I mean, to hammer on your point earlier, you know who else has gotten off to a slow start? Odell Beckham and Julio Jones. Yeah. If you look at them, no one's really talking about them. I've heard some people kind of mention Julio they're slightly concerned because Mm -hmm. he's banged up a little bit 
But I mean, if you look at their overall point production right now, uh, Odell Beckham is wide receiver 31. Yeah. And Julio Jones is, where is he on the list? He is wide receiver 22. So just in the wide receiver two category. And you compare them to Todd Gurley, who was off to like the, the worst start possible if you look at Twitter. Yeah. And he is right around in the same position as Julio Jones right now. He is a running back two, running back 23 overall, basically buoyed by his one big game. So Todd Gurley is in the same position as Allen Robinson. He's in the same position as Julio Jones. He's in the same position as Odell Beckham Jr. But who do we hear about the most? Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley, yeah. The Julio one really worries me because Odell, like, you know, it's just the touchdowns mm-hmm. probably come. You worry a little bit about that defense being good enough that they don't really need to run up the score and, like, Shepard's emerging and Cruz is back, so maybe Odell's targets come down a little bit. I'm worried a lot about Julio, actually, because um, right now he's on pace for just over 100 targets, and he got 200 last year, and that's kind of how he ended up this elite wide receiver. If he's getting half the targets, if it's because they have these two, like, competent running backs and they decide to go a little bit more, like, run-heavy and, you know, short pass heavy to these running backs. Um, that's yeah. bad news for Julio Jones. He'll probably still have big weeks, but he, he won't be an elite guy on half of the targets he got last year. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he had two good weeks. Mm-hmm. I don't want to like crap all over Julio Jones. It was really, it was really this <laughs> last week where he might've been a decoy that yeah. kind of has sour people on Julio because he only had one catch. He was basically non-existent mm-hmm. out there. Uh, but his first couple of weeks, he put up touchdowns he put up a uh, hundred yards against oakland uh and in week one he's he had like 70 yards and a touchdown so it's not like he's been putting up duds every week he's actually had two solid weeks out of the three it was just week three was really really bad with julio jones uh i'm not worried about odell i'm not worried about any of these guys to be honest no i'm not, even, uh, I'm not. I'm not worried about todd Gurley. No. i'm not worried about julio i'm not worried about odell uh Maybe Allen Robinson. If we had to talk about all these guys, Allen Robinson would probably be the guy I would focus on just because of how bad Jacksonville's offenses looked. And yes, you can say the same thing about Todd Gurley. The offense has not looked very good. But I think he will get the opportunity to score more so than Allen Robinson this season. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, maybe... Jacksonville will turn into this garbage time team again where they're behind and Bortles is just throwing. But to me, to my eye, Bortles has looked worse this year than he yeah, did last year. He's regressed. Which is saying a lot. Which is saying a lot. I mean, most people thought he was going to regress because Jacksonville would improve. Mm. Because they got Chris Ivory, they would start running the ball effectively, and then Bortles wouldn't have to throw the ball as much. But we've seen that not be the case. No. We've seen Bortles really really struggle when he's under pressure like horrifically bad replacement level essentially yeah so when you bring pressure onto blake bortles he's just throwing the ball to the other team he's making horrible decisions bad reads he looks worse than he did last season and i think that is going to hamper Allen robinson a little bit now if they do get the running game going uh, we've only seen one week out of Chris Ivory, so maybe he bounces mm-hmm. back a little bit. But they really need the running game to get going for Allen Robinson. But, yeah, anyways, we're just kind of railing on this whole zero RB yeah. treatment that Todd Gurley gets. Yeah. Um, all right. <laughs> we're, yeah. we're not biased or anything. We're not biased. Yeah. Or anything. No, no, no. Um, but, yeah, that basically wraps up keeping score. You know, no, nothing else we need to get into that. And we should probably wrap up this episode now that it's getting a little long in the tooth. 
a little long in the two fall off. Steve Smith, who you should start this week. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, sure, sure, sure. All right. Well, signing all off. Right. Um, signing off. Follow us on Twitter, which is above your head. Yes, above my head. Right. Twitter. Above your head. Twitter, yeah, head. right up there. Boom. Yeah, bench-ff. Uh, Facebook is above Facebook. my head. Yeah. So you can see our Facebook if you want. Follow us, add us, comment, do all that good comment, stuff. Comment, like, subscribe, all that stuff. Uh, if you have any questions about how to prioritize these sneaky starts, uh, hit us on Twitter or comment on YouTube. We respond to YouTube yeah. pretty quickly. Either way. Um, and, yeah, we will catch you kids on the flippy floppy. Flippy floppies!